All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I don't know about you, but every time I hear this song now, all I think about is Paul Rudd. Remember when he sang, when he lip synced this on Jimmy Fallon? It was, it was really good. So honestly, that's all I visualize now. That's when you know somebody did a good job. When uh, you think of a song, sometimes good or bad or funny. That was uh, Paul Rudd on uh, Fallon. It's quite good. Welcome back. Tuesday edition of the Jason Greger Show. Live on Sports 1440 and Orders Nation YouTube. Presented by PlayAlberta.ca. It's like Vegas, but from anywhere, even your coach. Experience all the excitement of the casino on your desktop or mobile device. PlayAlberta.ca and sign up as a new player and you will get a $50 free promo. Use the uh, promo Casino50. Lots of uh, text flying in. Hot topic on uh, Holloway. Hey, guys, why not just wave Fogle? No one's going to claim him. He can come back up later. Sam from Vancouver. Well, I guess you could, Sam, but if you think that Warren Fogle is a better player, then you keep the better player. right? You could do it in theory, yes, but are, are you 100% certain that a bottom team wouldn't claim him? Right, He's going to be a UFA at the end of the season. Now, there's teams that have lots of cap space, right? But they wanted, hey, we'll take Fogle for free. We'll keep him, and then maybe we move him for a mid-round draft pick at the deadline. we got tons of cap space, and we think he could help us. So I'm, I'm not – I think there's much higher chance a team would claim Fogle than they would claim Levo, uh, Raphael Lavoie. I'll say that right now. Because not every team is up against the cap. Obviously, none of the, uh, the the top end teams could take him, but I don't think a top end team's taking Raphael Laval anyway. It's only going to be the teams that have lots of cap space: the Ducks, Chicago, 
Buffalo, Nashville. Heck, the Detroit Red Wings, Columbus Blue Jackets. Those are teams that might say, hey, we think this guy could help us on a one-year deal, 2.75. He's going to score us 12, 14 goals, can kill some penalties. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't just want to throw away Fogel because you think Raphael Lavoie might be able to play. I think that would be awful, awful asset management for me personally. I wouldn't, uh, I would not recommend it whatsoever. Let's get to the spec report now brought to you by GS Construction. They just want to remind you as you're making your way through construction zone, it's still out there. They're like you, huge sports fans. Be patient. They want to get done as quick as you can so you can get home quicker. GS Construction, as we uh, welcome in Mark Spector from uh, Rogers Sportsnet and uh, Speck uh, preseason hockey last night. That was uh, that was a tough one to slog through to uh, to have to watch it. Um, the uh, yeah, it was like a dog's breakfast in that one for sure, Speck. So I think your dog is uh, is accurate about it. Not surprising based on the uh, roster. So I'll ask you who who did you like? Who kind of grabbed your eye last night? Uh, you know, I did like Lavoie. I liked what he did. You know, he 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 talked to us, uh, I guess, the morning, yesterday morning, and he's pretty clear what's going on here. He says, I'm not making this team in the top six. I'm making it in bottom six. Yep. And I just listened to Strud's, and I can't put it better than Strud's and that story he told about Matt Cook. Lavoie's got his head around that. He's, he says, I got to be good defensively. I got to check. I, I gotta, I'm not going to make this team the goal scorer. So he gets all that. So I thought he played this rear end off in his own half of the ice. But I also thought when the puck found his stick offensively, he wasn't afraid to fire. You know, he, he picked up a rebound and fired at Brossois. Brossois closed the pads at the last second. He had a wraparound chance that probably goes in eight out of ten times. So I liked his game. I think he's given – I'll say this to you. He's doing you know, – for a game where the other team had 11 NHL players and Edmonton had four and the – you know, four of the bottom guys on the roster playing. Uh, LeBron managed to show himself well. So did Holloway. Holloway had lots of jump. So those are the two guys you expect to be good, and they were both good. I thought, what do you think? Yeah, you know what, uh, Lavoie, I He wasn't great. He wasn't bad. I, I thought he he did some of the things that he needs to do. Right. Um. And, and maybe I'm probably a little old school this spec. I see sometimes a blow a game. There's nothing going on. Like get in a scrum, get in a face wash, do something. I don't know. And, and, and some might, and some might, I know. And some might say that doesn't matter. And I don't know. I, I think honestly, it does matter still because it gets you noticed. And it's not so much about the scrum leading to a fight. I don't care about that. But if there's a game, there's not lots going on and there's a guy who's in there and there's always scrums, people are going to be, geez, look at that guy. He was engaged, right? It doesn't mean that he's playing, yeah. but it just gives you where you're noticed and that you have to make an impression. You have to make an impression. And I thought Lavoie, you know what? Was he one of the better players? He should have been one of the better players based on the roster last night. So that if he wasn't, that'd be a bigger problem to me. But I guess I, I thought he was okay. It's the first game. I'll need to see more, though, moving forward. Like, if he wants to win a spot on the team, he's going to yeah. have to do more than that. Oh, for sure. And it's so hard to gauge a game where one team has a mostly NHL lineup and the other has a mostly AHL lineup. You know, it's just – it's just it, it really makes it difficult to gauge a game. It really does. Uh, the Winnipeg guys that were supposed to be the best players on the ice, all of them were – uh, you know, Edmonton had four NHL guys. They're their fifth and sixth defensemen and two rookies, Holloway and Broberg. And that's it. That was it. 
So yeah, how much of an impression you can make? Anyway, we watched the game. We slogged through it. They hung in there for forty minutes. They got crushed in the third. Time to move on, man. <laughs> what did uh, you know? Interesting. Uh, what we'll find out tomorrow, I guess. Maybe DeHarnay had a, had a little nick up or something, but uh, they made the last second decision to uh, switch him out because originally DeHarnay was scheduled to go, and then Broberg got pulled off the ice, and then he replaced him and went. And so I wonder if the organization just said, "Ah, oh, you know what? We want to give him another opportunity," or if maybe DeHarnay had a small tweak. I think it, I think DeHarnay had something. That's okay. what I was told. Uh, nothing real serious. No, Broberg needs all the minutes he can get, and he got a few more last night. Did he do much? with him jay i'm not so sure he did much with him no his game isn't one where like i he'll stand out by not standing out if that makes any sense right like if if you look and geez broberg didn't get beat every time guys came down on the ice you know what he he was very good with his gap control he he didn't i didn't see him getting turn styled anywhere else and you know if he completes a few passes great i would like him the one thing i'd like to see more from broberg is transporting the puck. He can skate. He's a yeah. really good skater. I'd like him to be take a little bit more aggressiveness and want to get engaged in the rush. If there was one thing that I had to say I'd like to see more from Broberg, that would be it. Yeah, I think we've got a young player here who's just trying not to make mistakes. Fair. And that's not the way to play the game. You know, there's a few sides to this thing, Jay. First of all, he's a first-round pick, and we look at him through that lens. And, you know, there's all kinds of first-round picks out there, pal. You know, there's the Steve Stamkos and the Leon Dreisaitl's. Then there's the Andrew Coglianos that paid 1,200 games as a first-round pick, but none of them as a top – or very few of them as a top-six player, right? You know, what, what type of first-round pick is Broberg going to play? I'm not sure – but I sure would like to see a guy who's who's putting it out there a little bit. I'd like to see – I'd rather see him make a mistake while trying to do something and playing a not-such-a-quiet game than trying to be the quietest player on the ice because this guy is a silent player, right? He is a silent player right now. At, at this age and at this point in his development, I'm not sure I want totally silent. I'd rather see a mistake because of an effort to do something than a guy that's just chilling. And he's chilling pretty hard. I don't know what we got. I don't know what this guy is. Do you know what he is? I'm not sure what he is, man. No, I, I mentioned that earlier. Like, like DeHarnay, it's pretty obvious what he is. Bouchard, we know what he does, yeah. his best skill set. No nurses. You know what Ekholm is. Um, you know, Kulak and CeCe, but hey, those guys have been in, like, Kulak's an, an unreal skater. And one thing about Kulak, yep. like, just look at Brett Kulak's last two playoffs. That's all you need to know about a guy who elevates his game, plays really well at the, at the most important time of the yeah. year, right? Um, we know who he is. Yeah, so I, I look at, you know, like Cody Cece is the one player we haven't talked about, Spec, but if they're moving him down and they're going to play him with Kulak, and now it's a battle of DeHarnay and Broberg to play with Ekholm potentially, like if DeHarnay comes in there and plays really well, that really makes Cody Cece expendable in a trade. Yes. Okay. I think that's probably fair. I'm not, you know, how do I say this team isn't every team. This team's trying to win today. Yes. And this is why there's cycles in sports. Broberg in a lot of teams, Broberg would still have lots of time to break into this lineup and there'd be tons of patience. There's not a lot of patience around the seven and orders team. because They're trying to win today 100% and they if they have to sacrifice there's not a whole season for Broberg to figure this out 
you know, I want to say to you that we all, you know, we were having these conversations about Bouchard when he had no awareness in his own zone, remember? And he was, you know, we were wondering, like, sure, he had a great shot, but we were wondering, like, where's where's the awareness? Where's a guy that makes the right play? He's defensively, we're wondering. All of a sudden, he had a good year with Ekholm, and, and he had a, his confidence built. He's on the power play. We're not talking about him like that anymore. This guy's a player. He's a top two or three defenseman in the NHL. So I think we need to remember with, you know, I think Broberg deserves the same chance. I'm not saying it's going to be a long leash here, pal. If he's not getting it done by November 15th, we're going to be talking about someone else. But I think I think you need to give Broberg the chance with Ekholm to blossom. Give him a chance. And if he can't do it, he can't do it. It's not an endless rope. But I just remember what we were with guys and myself and probably you, Jay, we were talking about Broberg, and there's a lot of questions, or I should say Bouchard, with a lot of question marks, and all of those answers came to us when you saw him play regularly. I'd like to see if Broberg can answer any of those two. Well, and I, and I agree with that, and that's why I think um, it might make a guy like Cody Cece expendable, especially because if Broberg all of a sudden does take off, right, with Ekholm, then you look and say, well, we can have Vinny Deharnay in our third pair at $762,000 or Cody Cece at $3.25 million. I don't – and you look yeah. at the style of game they play, is is Deharnay, if you're going to play Cece in a third pair role, is he that much better than Deharnay? Is he four times well, better on I'm the I'm going to say this to you. For sure, if, if Cece's a third-pairing defenseman and he makes too much money, there's nobody listening to the show right now that would disagree with that. That's absolutely true. But if you're trying to win a Stanley Cup and your third pairing is CC and Kulak and you can make that work financially and you got DeArnay as your seventh guy, uh, assuming Broberg can play here, I think you've got a really good team, okay. right? Yep. That's a hell of a third pairing. See, uh, Kulak and CC, it's a pretty good third pairing, Jay. And I, I, right now, it's more about how good you are than how much you're spending, in my opinion. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm kind of bullish on DeHarnay. I'm not, you know, I can understand those who say Broberg's ceiling is higher. I think that's probably fair. But at, w- at what point does he reach that ceiling? That's the question. Hey, let's, I'm with you. And a guy like DeHarnay, he's not a first-round pick. He's getting nothing handed to him. All he's doing is working his butt off every day. He's found a way to be a defenseman that, as Spreads was saying, he brings something that the Oilers don't have. Yeah. He's smart. He's figured it out, and there should be some reward for that. And and you know what? If he beats out Broberg for that job, my hat's off to him. And if Broberg goes somewhere else and has to figure it out in the new organization, that sometimes that's just how it works, man. It's back to final week of the regular season in MLB. Your Cubbies uh, kind of tripped up and stubbed their toe a little bit, but uh, they seemingly maybe have recovered a little bit. They've got themselves in a decent spot. And then you've got, of course, the, uh, the Blue Jays facing the Yankees and the Jays uh, are in a good spot, but they also get a lot of help because Seattle and Houston and Texas are all playing each other here this final week. Yep. And, you know, the Jays then play the injury riddled, uh, Tampa Bay Rays, who they probably will meet in the first round. Things are looking up for both the Jays and even your Cubbies a little bit. <laughs> you know, one thing about baseball that's different than hockey. hockey's riddled with eighth-place teams that go on these runs, right? It just happens all the time in hockey. Teams from way in the box. Once you get in the playoffs, I feel like in hockey, the gap between one and eight isn't near as much. In baseball, I mean, I'm looking at the Blue Jays and their pitching staff, 
and they're inconsistent hitting. And I'm saying I sure hope they make the playoffs, but I wouldn't put a dollar on them. Would you? Oh, I would like, against I Tampa. That, you see Tampa, but they got like six starters out. Well, they do. They do. And maybe the injuries will catch up. But to me, there's there's less upsets in baseball. Uh, I'd love to see one because I love my Cubbies and the Blue Jays are coming in in wild card positions, and I'll be cheering for upsets. Don't get me wrong, but but baseball, baseball ain't hockey somehow, man. The good teams with the solid foundations and the good pitching, sure, injuries throw it all off. You lose a bunch of starters, okay, Jay, I'll give you that. But when you come in as a first place team in baseball and you got all the tools, boy, you don't lose too many playoff series to wild card teams, do you? Not very often, no. Um, Atlanta's starting pitching, although they'll have an extra, you know, a little extra time off. Uh, I do say I, I'm a big fan of the new expanded playoffs and the fact that it's a best of three in the first round. I didn't love the fact that the wild card was just one game. Um, you know, I, I do like a best of three. And so uh, usually I think the better team will win. So I look hey, forward to that. Hey, come on, take your hat off to baseball. I saw a stat today where there was six games that were nine inning games that lasted three hours and 30 minutes this year. Two years ago, there was like 240 games yeah, that know. lasted that long. Yeah. Like, of all the traditional sports, take give baseball credit, man. You know, we argue in hockey, oh, should you be able to ice it when you're shorthanded? Gee, that'd be a big step to take that out. Baseball BS. absolutely changed everything, all for the better. It is a better game today than it was yesterday. It's faster. And I'll tell you what, we never thought baseball would be so non-traditional but they took the leap, and it's been an absolute success. 100%, man. I, I would be all for it. You know what? Yeah, I would rather say, I would rather go to the, you you get a penalty, they score a goal, you stay and you full serve the full two minutes. I, I would go, if I had to pick sure. between that and not being able to ice it, but I've never understood that, oh, you get a penalty and now you can ice the puck. Doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. So uh, I, I would be, I get it. I'd be in favor of both of them being changed. And uh, if they could get rid of shootouts and just go extra three-on-three, three, I'm all for that as well. All just, for it. Just because you know what? Have a few more guys playing overtime. Who cares? It'd be more fun. You don't have to just play your your four or six forwards. You can play eight. There's lots of other guys that can skate. So we saw that in the preseason yeah, game, and right? We talked about length of game and guys catching flights. They're all taking charter flights now. Exactly. There's only a couple cities. San Jose is one of them that you have to really hurry, get to the airport so that they don't close the airport and you can fly out. But frankly, how many would last more than seven minutes or eight minutes? Not many, would they? And honestly, what's the if you're playing five minutes and there's no whistle and you just keep playing, where they stop after five minutes and then they do the time and then they got to go submit their roster? Look at that. There's no chance it's going to be much longer than a shootout. No I'm way. I'm with you, man. So, yeah, I'm all for it. Spec, have we a good one. We should be running the league, Jason. Yeah. What the heck? That's right. We should. See you, Gary. Get out of here. Beat it. And we, oh, Gary. by the way, I'll Spec, Bill. the games would start on no, time. you got to be Bill. If I was, yeah. <laughs> if, if I was the commissioner, you say 7 o'clock, the puck drops at 7 o'clock. None of this bogus 708, okay. 712, 721. <laughs> the worst. The worst. And my rule would be. They have to have numbers on their practice jerseys. So we go to practice to know who the hell everybody is. Well, suck it up, old man. You should be able to know the players. I love it. Have a good one. That is, uh, Mark's. That doesn't even help the game. That just helps you selfishly. They'd be the worst commissioner already because you're only doing what's self-serving. That's not a good commissioner. It's, uh, Mark Spector in the uh, spec report brought to you by GS Construct. One, think about it. I think he brings up a great point. Baseball made some massive changes. They got rid of the they got rid of the pitchers hitting in NLL. That's a significant change. 
Change the size of the bases. Got rid of the shift. Pitch clock. Everything. Great. NHL can learn from it, man. There's a few little changes you could make that I think would better the game. Uh, we'll come back, uh, talk about a few more of those and more. and get your text at 833-401-1440. And the Jason Greger Show, presented by Play PlayAlberta.ca, coming to you live from the E-Well studio. E-W-E-L. They will take care of all your electrical needs. We continue on. Jason Greger, Connor Halley with you. Of course, Declan Kluger running everything digitally for Orders Nation YouTube. And uh, by the way, we will pick a subscriber. Declan's going to pick one here, and uh, somebody is going to be going to the game tomorrow. Oilers and the Vancouver Canucks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button. Can win lots of great prizes all year long. A lot of fun. Pretty easy. One click of a button. Doesn't take much. Oilers Nation YouTube. Find it. Subscribe to it. Also, thanks for listening to Sports 1440. We appreciate it. It is time now for the Oil Report. Brought to you by Volvo of Edmonton. Canada's number one dealership in Volvo sales. Why? Because they've got a great culture. Mike Norris at the top, and it just funnels down, and service is one of their biggest priorities there. Everybody, you can get a lot of good cars lots of places. Can't always get great service. You'll get that at VolvoEmmonton.com. As we welcome in from NHL.com, Derek Van Deest. And uh, DVD, you're, you got a unique gig now. You're covering the Orders, but also the Flames and the Canucks and the Jets. And uh, it's been an interesting one because they're all playing each other in preseason. The Flames spank in Vancouver one night. The Orders and Jets uh, go at it twice. So give me your thoughts on last night's game and you know a much different game than what we saw between these two teams on Sunday. Yeah, it was. And, and you know what, what's happening here, Jason? I think we're seeing a lot of teams aren't traveling their veterans anymore. They're traveling their kids. So the kids are going on the road. So it's really imbalanced here. Like you're, you're, Their veterans are staying home. They're playing at home against a lineup that probably an AHL lineup. And I think that's what we saw last night is that the Oilers essentially sent an AHL lineup to Winnipeg, hoping some guys could make an impression. Uh, and, and the Jets had, you know, a lot of their top guys in, in the lineup. So uh, it's tough to get a good read when that happens. Like you'd wish they'd send more veterans. I know we talked to Jay Woodcroft about this, and he says, I have to ice a certain number of veterans. But then you looked at that lineup yesterday. I'm like, okay, that must be at home because on the road, it, you know, it was basically the AHL team. Um, but so it's tough to get a read. And you saw the other day, Calgary beat Vancouver 10 nothing. Vancouver didn't send anyone to Calgary. I know there were still, uh, uh, you know, 10 nothing in a preseason game is still 10 nothing, And you got to wonder, okay, guys, like not a good way to start the season losing 10 nothing. So uh, it's tough to get a gauge, but I think it's more individual players, whether so-and-so stood out or he did well or, or what they're doing. And I think uh, tomorrow's going to be interesting because we're going to see McDavid and dry saddle. So it's going to be their first uh, kind of tasting of the water. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see, but I think as you get deeper and deeper into the preseason, then you'll, then you'll get some guys that are getting cut. You'll see more of the lineups play against each other. Yeah, the uh, the Vancouver-Calgary games are probably going to be maybe the last two that are fairly imbalanced. I expect the orders to make some cuts uh, either after Friday or probably early Saturday morning when they'd be announced. And then go on that two-game road trip to Vancouver and Seattle. It's going to be a little bit of a, a team bonding from what I understand. They've got a little team outing that they're going to do. So you know, I could see them down to 30-some, 30 32 guys or something like that. Um, you look at McDavid and Drysaddle, they'll play tomorrow. I, I expect Connor Brown, potentially, we could see him for the, uh, the first time. And also, I would assume you're going to see one of the order's regular netminers in Jack Campbell 
and Stuart Skinner. And I don't know if they'll go the full 60 and maybe one will start and then they'll have either uh, Rodriguez or Pickard play the last 20 minutes and we'll see that again on on uh, Friday. But then I would assume the last four games is definitely going to be full starts with both Campbell and Skinner each getting two of them. I, I would just have to think. But, you know, you look at McDavid and Sidney Crosby came out the other day and things, you know what, I wouldn't rule out him scoring 170 points, right? And I've seen a lot of people think, well, he can't do 150 again. And I think it's because it just doesn't happen very often. But when you look at the elites of the elite, which I put Connor McDavid in that category, I don't think 150 points DVD is unrealistic considering two years ago he was on pace for 153. He's basically had two of the last three years 153 points. It wouldn't shock me for him to get 150 again, would it? No, not at all. And what is that? An average of you know just a little under two points a game? Like that's that's something he can do, right? So uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all. And Crosby came out and said, "Well, I wouldn't be shocked if he scored 170." Like you know, that's that's a big number, 170. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, like there's a lot. Obviously, going to be a lot of power plays there, a lot of power play points. Uh, but I think a lot's going to do with how well Connor Brown finishes. If, if Connor Brown could finish, yeah, I think there's there's 170 points there. You think about the wingers that McDavid had before. Uh, you know, Justin Pugliari comes to mind. All the opportunities that they didn't finish, all the chances that they didn't they didn't uh, uh, you know bury. And I think you could see sometimes McDavid was a little frustrated with that when he would set up a player and you couldn't finish off the job. So you're looking at maybe he left five, ten points on the table because other guys couldn't just they couldn't finish the play for him. But I think if Connor Brown has that that scoring touch, if he finds that. He finds that groove again. It's going to be tough. He's, he's off for a year. He hasn't played for an entire year. Um, you look at a guy like Brandon Sutter, he didn't play for two years, so it's going to take him a while to kind of get up to speed. I think it's going to be the same thing for Connor Brown to, to get that feel back, to get that touch back, to get back into the speed of the game. But, yeah, if he can if he can complete those opportunities, if he can bury those opportunities that Connor McDavid is going to have, he's going to set up, he's going to set up a lot of his teammates. If he can do that, uh, yeah, then there's, there's an extra 10, 10 points on the table. Why not? Why can't he get the 170? Bouchard's going to score a lot of goals on the points this season with that blast. Uh, you know, Tyson Berry, he ran the point last year for half the season until he got traded. He had a good shot, but he didn't have that big boosh bomb that, that Bouchard has. So is there going to be a few more points there when, when McDavid tees up uh, the puck for Bouchard? So there's opportunities there. Uh, but I know just, you know, and I know talking to Connor McDavid and talking to Leon Dreisaitl, um, they're not really interested in individual accomplishments this year. They want that Stanley Cup. And I think that's what their focus is. That's what their drive is. And that's what they're looking to do. So McDavid can go out and score 170 points, win another heart, win another at Ross, win another scoring title. But he's not going to be satisfied unless they win the Stanley Cup. Funny thing is about Connor McDavid, last season, he had 59 points, five on five. His second and third years in the NHL, he had 63 and 71. So he's actually, you know what? It's easy to say, hey, McDavid could get up to, you know, 70 points, 75 points, five on five. I don't think that would be ridiculous. And you brought up Connor Brown. I also think, Derek, Evander Kane only played 41 games last year. Evander Kane has proven he can finish. Right, uh, you know, he had some pretty good uh, uh, goal scoring numbers playing with McDavid, uh, especially the year before and then into the postseason. If Evander Kane gets hot and his wrist is is feeling as good as it can be, I know he talked about the sensitivity. It might take another year for that to get back, but if he's feeling good, you know, if Evander Kane only plays seventy five games, I think his finishing ability is a lot better than any of the other left wingers that played there regularly. So there's another opportunity five on five for McDavid to gain some points. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think we saw that in the scrimmage, right? Didn't McDavid set up uh, Kane in a goal in the in the scrimmage that they had there? So there's going to be uh, a lot of opportunity for him as well. And 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 you're right. If he can stay healthy, if this, both top six can stay healthy, they're going to put up a lot of points. They're going to score a lot of points, both of those lines, and they're going to score a lot of points on the power play again. It's going to be a thirty percent power play again. Uh, one of those that you know they're basically going to start up one nothing if you take a penalty. You're probably going to end up with a puck in the back of your net. So there's the points are there to be had, uh, and so I think that's that's the thing is they're going to rack them up. McDavid and Drysaddle are going to score a ton on the power play. McDavid's going to score a ton with Kane, with Connor Brown if he can get up to speed, or you know if they put them together, if they move Nuge up to that line, or if they put Drysaddle and McDavid together if they're losing towards the end of the game. They I know Jay Woodcroft likes to do that as well. So there's going to be a lot of opportunity there, and there's a lot of points. And you look at that. The year that Gretzky had his 200 points, you know, he had Curry there. He had he had other guys that he could – he had coffee and give the puck to. He had other guys that helped out and chipped in. He didn't have to carry all the offense. Sometimes he just handed the puck to Paul Coffey and let him go. Um, so I think we're going to see a little bit of that as well as McDavid's going to be able to – to set guys up, and then as long as they, they, they're finished, he's going to get his points. And DVD, I'd be remiss not asking because I know soccer's so near and dear to you and you've covered it for a long, long time. Uh, Don Matheson and them, you know, they're having a conversation about a women's uh, soccer league in Canada. We've seen the, you know, the CPL and, you know, go back to the Edmonton Drillers days. There's been lots of attempts and, and lots that haven't worked. Obviously, the three Canadian teams in the MLS are pretty solid, and there are some pretty solid franchises in the CPL, but it's taken a long time. It's not like an easy fix. Uh, or, or sorry, an, an easy solution, an easy path for a pro league, whether it's men or women in a lot of sports in Canada. How do you think a women's league could go? And if there was one or two things that they have to do for it to be successful, what would it be? Well, yeah, well, it's interesting to say that I'm watching the women trying to qualify for the Olympics. Yes. Right now they're playing Jamaica. So it's zero zero after about half an hour. So, but I, you know, I've talked to a couple of people in this day. I've talked to Stephanie Labe about this. I've talked to Deanna Matheson a little bit about this. They have to grow their audience. They have to grow their fan base. And that starts at a really grassroots level. So somehow they got to reach out and they got to get these kids, these young girls, these young boys to these games somehow. And that's how you kind of grow your fan base. Uh, uh, you know, you look, you have a young son, Jason, I have a nephew. We know that they go to the football games. They go to the hockey games. They don't necessarily know what's going on. They just enjoy being there and they want to keep going to those games. And I think that's what you got to do when you bring in this women's soccer league is that you've got to reach out to the grassroots community, to the soccer community and say, we want you at our games. We want to get you there. However it is, whether it's, you know, you do group promotions or you do team promotions or whatever it is, you got to start them young. You got to get them into the, into the, wherever they're playing, whatever stadium they're playing, whatever facility they're playing, you got to get them young and you got to sell that experience. So they love it. I know, you and I both probably had the same experience when we saw our first hockey game. You walk in the concourse, you walk down that hallway, and the arena opens up in front of you. And you're like, wow, that is awesome. Like, yeah. And I've, we've had that experience with hockey. We've had, I've had that experience with football. I took my dad down to Dodger Stadium about five, six years ago. He had that experience. He'd never been to a Major League Baseball game before. Comes in, looks at it, goes, wow, that is awesome. That's how you got to hook these kids. And I think from there, you grow your fan base and you develop your fan base uh, and I think that's really important. So hopefully they have some promotions. They have, they reach out to these communities. They reach out to this, to the soccer communities and get these kids in the stadium and get their parents in the stadium. And I think that's how this league's going to be successful. Um, hopefully it comes along. Like the, the Canadian women's national team has a lot of success. The, when they won the Olympics, a lot of the whole, you know, a lot of the country was watching that. A lot of the country was watching the World Cup. So, so there is a market there. It's just a matter of tapping into it and developing it, in my opinion. 
DVD, great stuff, man. We will uh, chat with you next Tuesday. Have a good one. Sounds good. Thanks very much. That is uh, Derek Van Deest, who uh, joins us every Tuesday on Sports 1440. The Oil Report brought to you by Volvo of Edmonton. Uh, when we come back, ooh, some names for you to watch out for. We'll tell you where and when next on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. It is. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Time to celebrate Tuesday afternoon, waiver wire day and fantasy football. Many of you, you got to get in your waiver claims uh, tonight to see uh, who is good, who is not. So let's get to the fantasy report brought to you by Next Gen Transportation. Heavy haul transport provider and they are hiring all positions. Fantastic company. The only one requirement. It's okay to skip leg day when you work at nextgentransportation.com. As uh, we get to fantasy report, Connor Halley joins us. So, Cons, you know what? There's sometimes the waiver wire can be your friend. There are cases, <laughs> though, where people, uh, you know, they overreact a little bit too much, especially for fab dollars. But uh, as the injuries mount, uh, do you see anybody on the waiver wire? Like, I, I guess the big one is um, for Charger fans or for anybody who owns Mike Williams, who is the best solution on the waiver wire to replace the injured Mike Williams? Well, I mean, it- there's a couple names that come to mind, and obviously it's going to be receivers with the Chargers. you got to figure that with him going down, they're going to look to replace that. So Joshua Palmer is probably the immediate benef- benefactor of this one because uh, he- he's just got that, that connection with Justin Herbert. They've been together for a few more years. They work together after practice. So I think Joshua Palmer, if you can grab him off the waiver wire in the next couple of days here, I think he's going to be the guy for a couple of weeks. But I do expect Quinn and Johnston to take some of those reps as he gets more comfortable with the offense and more comfortable with Justin Herbert. He had the best yards or a separation uh, when he was running his routes last week against the Minnesota Vikings. So Justin Herbert wasn't finding him, but he was creating space with those routes. So okay. I think as time moves on, you know, Joshua Palmer is going to have the early return, but the longer the season goes, the more Quinton Johnston gets in there. If you can stash him on your bench for a couple of weeks, I think down the road, he's going to become a pretty good option for the Chargers. And then, you know, obviously, if you have Austin Eckler, he's going to benefit too. He'll be getting more receptions out of this once he does return to the lineup. And he was posting videos on the social media today. He looks like he's back there working out. So I'd expect his return uh, getting closer as well. 
Uh, as an owner of Austin Eckler, how close? Well, I mean, that's it, right? It, it's going to be a little finicky with the ankle. We, we know there's probably going to be some times where it, it, you know, it seems like he's getting close and potentially he's not quite there. I think he's close, though. I think I think we'll see him this week against the Raiders. But we'll see if he practices. That yeah. could change. Yeah, no, that could change. <laughs> okay. Um, anybody else on the waiver wire? Yeah, well, I mean, hey, if you had listened to our show in the past couple of weeks, you would have picked up Tank Dell already, and you wouldn't have any problem here. The Houston Texans wide yes. receiver, I think yeah. he's the guy. Uh, Brandon Douglas was very high on. Try to let us know if you followed his words, and that's a good one. One guy I think that might be a bit of a steal for later on down the road is Jalen Warren, Steelers running back. Uh, I know Najee Harris is getting more of the reps, but whenever Warren is out there, he's putting up pretty good numbers. He's averaging, you know, like 10 yards per uh, touch. So he's he's making big plays. And I know the Steelers might be a little bit hesitant. Uh, Matt Canada, and uh, I don't think Steelers fans love him. But eventually, I think Jalen Warren with the Steelers will be someone you're going to have to go over. Uh, Devon Achan. Achan is the pronunciation we're going with because yeah. he did correct the media. Yeah, he said it's Achan. Achan. Go with him if you can. I mean, that Miami Dolphins offense looks like it can't be slowed down. I don't think he's a lock to put up massive points every single week. No. But he's going to put up good totals and he's probably going to have those weeks where he does go off just because that offense is so good uh another one you might consider let's just say if you're you're in a little bit of trouble at the quarterback position Jameis winston uh Derek carr's not going to play this weekend with that shoulder injury and i'm sure they won't be rushing him back so maybe Jameis winston although he does turn the ball over quite a bit he does like to push the ball downfield and take his shots so there could be some upside there and i know we kind of targeted russell wilson earlier on but uh, he has been putting up big yardage. He's put up the touchdowns here. I don't know if that's going to continue. From what we've seen, it looks like the Broncos are going to have to put up points to win. So that, you know, although it's not a great option, maybe as your quarterback, as a real football fan, that doesn't mean he can't be a good fantasy quarterback. Look at Kirk uh, Cousins out in Minnesota. Oh, buddy, he's putting up huge numbers. Now he's got <laughs> two pretty elite receivers, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, I, Russell Wilson has Jerry Judy and... Corlin Sutton. So he's got not maybe they're not the Vikings level, but they are good. And uh, Jamaica taking a one nothing lead in the game against Canada, Gregor. Wow. Well, they Jamaica has to win by three. Yeah. Right. Canada's still up two one in aggregate. Yeah. So, but still, now that's to win the game. If it's two nil, then they would go to then they go to do they play extra? They play extra time first and then penalty kicks. Correct. Yeah. 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 So interesting. <laughs> Hey, what do you make of Parman Jr.? We got a few questions coming in as a tight end. Worth, uh, worthwhile picking up Parham? I think so. I mean, uh, the thing with the Chargers is you're always going to get a whole lot of Keenan Allen and Donald Parham Jr. I think when you get into that red zone, that's where I think he, he does open up because Mike Williams, you know, his size, 6'5", he was a guy who could go up and get the ball. He was a really good red zone threat. Donald Parham Jr., 6'8". He has a massive wingspan, and I don't know if you saw the second touchdown he had. I mean, Justin Herbert put all he had into that ball to get it in the window, and Parham, like, I, my hands would have broke. He he managed to hold on. So I think that that's going to build some trust, you know, Justin Herbert knowing that he can put it in there with a little zip, and Donald Parham Jr. has the ability to catch it. The problem is for him, it's not going to be a consistent thing. He's not going to go into the uh, game plan, you know, 15 looks every game. And uh, Canada looks like just even it up, Gregor. So there you go. Good news for the Canadian women. But yeah, <laughs> that's how you bounce back, baby. Right like that. Look at Khan's getting the multitask and giving us the uh, the live updates. Yeah, it's it's popping up here. But yeah, well, Donald, it's a pretty big game. It's a big it game, is. of yeah. course, for Canada for because sure. this is a, a a qualifier. And well, if if they win tonight uh, or they don't lose by three, then uh, they are going to the uh, to the Olympics, which they should be as the defending champs. But that just shows you, man. Like there's no you don't get a a free ticket back in. 
No, absolutely. I mean, Jamaica, they, they want to get it done. They've, they've probably heard. Maybe they listened to Andy on the show yesterday talking about how Canada clinched their spot. Maybe they, well, they got a little revenge, but it looked like Canada responding very quickly, uh, six minutes after the fact. So Canada's got all the pressure here. Six shots, four on target, 62% possession. Uh, looks like they came out to play other than that one goal. Yeah, so no, that's uh, that's good. Now there there are a few other ones because you get into this time of the season, and um, no, it's not there, but buys are slowly going to start coming around. And I look at defenses depends what kind of league you're in, right? If you're individual, but if you're just looking at uh, at like overall defenses, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, if you don't have them, that's a team to pick up, man. Their defense has been great. Yeah, I mean, they've got some players on that defense, uh, guys that can get after the quarterback. Uh, I mean, I think Vita Vey is the, the key to that group, of the big man in the middle playing defensive tackle. Uh, but they have invested into it. Um, when they have Antoine Winfield Jr. out there healthy, you know, he's a heck of a football player and great for you. I, I don't know if I particularly target one team for bye weeks. Uh, I usually get to a point in my season where I'm just looking for matchup. You know, yeah, no, when, that's fair. Once you know who the, the teams that struggle offensively are, and you can find like a decent defense to go with it, I think that's the key to success. I don't think you have to stick with one team necessarily, unless you have a juggernaut. I mean, I have the Niners right now, and I've been kind of sticking with them. Well, yeah, you're but, not gonna. It'd be rare to look and say you know, they have a horrible matchup. Now, if they yeah. play Miami, then maybe you might be like, well, yeah, maybe I don't want to play them this week. But which is funny because. If you had to pick one, Denver or Bears defense, who would you pick this week, considering that they're going up against the other offense? I would go with the Denver Broncos defense. You don't, uh, you don't like the Bears offense? No, I, no. I really don't. And Justin Field, it, it almost seems like he's regressed, like he's, he's lost that ability to take off and make plays. And when I look at, at Denver's defense, when they're healthy, you know, Randy Gregory can get after the quarterback on the defensive side, uh, in the secondary, sorry. Justin Simmons, if he's healthy and able to go, he's one of the best safeties in the league. Uh, Pat Sertan, the second, he's an outstanding cornerback. I mean, he, he is left on an island, so that's gonna, there's going to be times where he's going to get beaten and taken advantage of out there, but I think he's a heck of a player. Uh, and just the, overall, I, I think that the, the Broncos' defense, after what they went through, I think you're going to get a motivated group. At least I hope you do. And I just don't have that much confidence in that Bears offense, to be totally honest with you. Which hurts because I am a Justin Fields fan. Yeah, it's, it seems like it's been a little bit of a step back. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. For that entire offense this year hasn't been good. Uh, tomorrow, Oiler fans, if you're going to the game, and uh, I guess we'll announce the uh, the winner. We'll, we'll send them their tickets. We'll announce the winner. Uh, I don't know if Declan picked the uh, winner yet or not, but uh, we'll find out. Oh, we did? Gonzo, who is it? Dr. Gonzo. Dr. Gonzo. Yeah. Hey, Gonzo. <laughs> does, that, does he have a big schnoz? Is that the name? I'm curious. Doc Gonzo. I like it. So uh, Dr. Gonzo is a subscriber at uh, Orders Nation, and uh, he's going to the game tomorrow night. Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl will make their preseason debut, and maybe Connor Brown. We'll find out. Might be a good chance to see him tomorrow in a game. We'll see. You won't see Ekholm. You won't see McLeod yet. But uh, I, you might see McLeod starting to skate and practice with the team. So uh, that's a good sign. He is getting closer for the Edmonton Oilers. And you know what? Uh, now he's going to have to get back. I don't. I don't think they would play him on Friday, Saturday, maybe Monday. Right? That would give him. You know, you get McLeod and he could play two of the final three preseason games. Should be all right. Ekholm, that's the other one that's, you're a little bit, hmm, what's happening with Ekholm? So they said, now he said in his own words that he didn't think it was that serious. And uh, maybe it isn't. And uh, maybe they're just being ultra cautious, a little bit older of a player. 
he would probably need, I would think, two preseason games to feel pretty good. So that uh, they got some time before that happens. I want to thank all of our guests today on the show. If you missed any of them, go to the uh, podcast, anywhere you get your podcasts. Also, you can check out individual interviews at jasongreger.com. Great lineup, uh, as always, by the uh, the con man and uh, Slate Dog. Big shout out to Sean Brown in studio, Dave McCarthy. We had Struddy, DVD, Mark Spector, also uh, Jason Wawad from uh, Cattail Crossing. If you're a sports fan and also a golf fan, uh, pretty great deals there. Check it out, cattailcrossing.ca. On behalf of Connor, I'm Jason Greger. Let's get to our final Sports 1440 update. Brought to you by Roger Weirt and his team at Weirt Pearson Akel and Associates Private Wealth Management. Helping business owners and professionals build, protect, and enjoy their wealth. Earn more now and give Roger and his team a call. 988-4119. Good night. Download coupon at MrLube.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Market.